This is First Read, a podcast of Edenton Street United Methodist Church, where the preachers for this upcoming Sunday read the appointed text for the first time. Join us now for our first read. This Sunday is January 21st, 2024, the third Sunday after the Epiphany. My name is Krista Jamis, and I will be preaching in the gathering. My name is Greg Moore, and I am going to try and preach in the sanctuary. My name is Emmanuel Leering. I'm just happy to be here. We're happy you're here too, Emmanuel. Good. We're very happy. Good. The appointed texts this Sunday are Jonah 3, 1 through 5, and verse 10. Psalm 62, 1 um, Corinthians, and then Mark 1, 14 through 20. And I think this, uh, for first read, we are going to read the Old Testament text, which is Jonah, and then the gospel, which is Mark. Yeah, we're during the season of Epiphanies, we began last week uh, unpacking the vocation of call. Started last week with two large call stories, Samuel and Nathaniel. Throughout the rest of the season after the Epiphany, we're going to be centering on the Old Testament and the gospel readings because each Sunday is a call story. And we're wondering what it means to hear and heed God's call in our lives as followers of Jesus and as a church community. So again, this Sunday, we're going to hear the Old Testament and the gospel reading. All right. The Old Testament text, which is Jonah 3, 1 through 5 in verse 10. The Lord's word came to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and declare against it the proclamation that I am commanding you. And Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's word. Now Nineveh was indeed an enormous city, a three days walk across. Jonah started into the city, walking one day, and he cried out, just 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, a fast and put on mourning clothes from the greatest of them to the least significant. God saw what they were doing, that they had ceased their evil behavior. So God stopped planning to destroy them and he didn't do it. And the gospel reading from the first chapter of Mark. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. As Jesus passed along the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat repairing their fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Well, we started our conversation about call last week and heard about... Uh, Samuel's call. We heard about Nathaniel's call. Uh, I wonder what, what stirred up in y'all as we begin to think about what it means to live a life in response to a call. Anything? 
Well, this week it seems a little bit hard. Um, I mean, the gospel text we hear right away that John's arrested, the dude's in jail. Um, and Jonah, <laughs> poor Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's a little, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's having a rough time with this as well. Don't, can I say this? Jonah's my favorite book of the Bible. He is my too. Is it really? Oh, yes. yes. I, I love Jonah. First of all, because it's short. It So it doesn't take long to get through the whole thing. Uh, but I just, lo- I just love Jonah. I do too. I love Jonah. What do you love about Jonah? Well, I just, well, especially even right now in this text, like he walks one day and he's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's so angry that God is working. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I just, I love his, he's a little bit snarky. And I don't know. It just makes me happy. I hmm. love Jonah. Hmm. Maybe I am Jonah. <laughs> maybe that's maybe, it. Maybe. At the end of the book, of course, Jonah is still not happy. He's sitting under a withering mm-hmm. vine because... I mean, the problem with Jonah is that the Ninevites are not neutral. These are people who have been aggressively uh, antagonistic and hurtful and oppressive. They've done real harm. And if they repent, his enemies become his family. And that's awful. And I love that he like takes so seriously God's like command to love thy neighbor that he knows what will happen if uh, he knows he has to love them. Yeah. So he's he's angry. Or anyway, he's okay. called by God to be an agent of reconciliation. Uh, and of course, I think in the gospel reading, that's ultimately where our fishermen are going to be called as well uh, to be agents of of reconciliation and following Jesus. L- last week we talked about what it means to be called generally and uh, what it means to cultivate a sense of call. In the sanctuary, at least, uh, I drew heavily on Dr. King's life as a paradigm of call, Uh, how Dr. King both embodied and called us towards a shared call, us in the church, but also us in our society. Um, The particularity, so last week was kind of broad, the particularity of call this week, especially in the gospel, is uh, a call to follow Jesus. Um, so this is not just a like a call to some sort of vagary. Uh, this is this is actually Jesus saying, "Come and follow me." You called, um, or you talked about being agents of reconciliation. And I find it really interesting um, that when Jesus calls them, uh, that these guys are in the boat doing the work of repairing already um, in the way that in, in the vocation that they grew up and learned and knew probably pretty well. But um, I love that they were, they were already doing this work of like reconciliation or repair. Um, and God took that, um, this thing that they were already called to the thing that they were already doing and, said to use it, come follow me. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Anyway. Yeah, yeah, if you take Simon and Andrew, 
and what they're doing is gathering mm-hmm. and you take James and John and what they're doing is repairing. Mm-hmm. Um, these become, these become critical skills, <laughs> disciplines for the work of following Jesus, gathering and repairing. Which makes me wonder what, what are in our own lives are we already doing um, that we don't even recognize um, as like being something that is, uh, God is calling us to. Like these guys were gathering and, and repairing um, and it took Jesus saying, hey y'all, <laughs> come, you can come do this over here too. Um, I just wonder like um, what gifts we all have that we're doing every single day um, without even an awareness. Maybe we're just waiting for someone to invite us to use them in a different way. Hmm. Or expand how we use them, maybe. What what everyday practices in our vocations and our lives are going to be useful in following Jesus. Is that what I'm hearing you ask? Yeah. Hmm. I don't even know if we have an imagination for that. I mean, Jesus has to, to give give this imagination to Andrew and Simon and to James and John. Like, they're just fishing, and Jesus is like, you're going to fish for people. And they're just fixing their nets. And Jesus says, follow me. <clears throat> but I do wonder what what practices we're doing. Or maybe in what ways are we doing these old practices? In what ways are we gathering? And in what ways are we, we repairing? And how can that be done as an act of following Jesus? Like, Emmanuel, I think about uh, the young adult ministry that you've been called to start. Like, this is a calling that you're responding to. And one of the the things that I've watched you do is um, is gather young adults. Hmm. How are you doing that? Yeah, I mean, since getting, I mean, I've been around Edenton Street for a little while now. Um and I actually feel like God has always been calling me to this place. Um, in right after high school, my um, youth pastor at the time, or even even before him, uh, the worship leader at the church that I was at uh, came here. His name was Nathan Hand. Uh, and I was very close to him. So he came here at some point and then eventually my youth pastor, Clark Reinhardt also came here. Uh, and so it kind of made sense at some point that I would end up here. Uh, but I, I felt them calling me here in college. I got involved through the college ministry, through the music, uh, and then kind of vocationally, I didn't know what I wanted to do necessarily with communications. Uh, as I was finishing up undergrad 
And then I heard God calling me again, like through a very direct <laughs> email <laughs> that said, come apply for this position. Um, and so like through all these kind of different avenues, I felt God calling me to this space specifically. Um, and it was that experience uh, within the college ministry of Edenton Street that once I started working here in an official capacity, um, I just heard this call of like, I felt like I, I, I was 20 three when I got here. I'm 25 now. Uh, this call that I, there were a lot of people around my age when I was in college around this place. And then when I started working here, I didn't see as many uh, of people like me in that way. Uh, and then over time, I feel like God kind of gathered people my age around here. Uh, or regathered kind of post pandemic or post 2020. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I just been here I, the past year and some change. I, I was just hearing that really loud um, through, you know, my small group. And then there was another small group of young adults uh, that had come up. And I, don't know, I was just hearing God saying, Hey, I'm going to bring people like you to this place. Um, and so we just, we've been meeting monthly mm-hmm. trying to answer that. What repair are you seeing either happen or are you praying to see? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's a lot of, uh, maybe less in the context of Edenton street as it is in the context of church as a whole for this age bracket. Uh, one of the things that um, I was observing uh, as I was going to different churches uh, before setting up this uh, or resetting up this ministry, uh, I think there's a lot of repair to do um, between people this age and the church as a whole in terms of, um, for example, purity and sexuality. Mm. Um, that is like a big, massive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, like just justice as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, where the, where the church, um, maybe hasn't been aligning, uh, with what maybe the Bible says about justice, mm. uh, in their actions. And I think young people are people in this, like, 18 to 20, 30 something age range uh, are very serious about this these days. Um, so I'm is- interested in what it looks like to uh, have a holding space for those folks that are hungry for that, mm. hungry for reconciliation um, and are serious about faith mm. and how that can intersect. Was there anything that, or is there anything that you're using <clears throat> any gifts, any skills that you just had honed that now you're using for this work for gathering people and offering a space for repair. Like you're like, Oh, well, yeah, I know how to do that because I've, I've done that in another sphere, another realm, another space, um, for either gathering or offering repair. Totally. I mean, I think just 
I think what a lot of people want or like desire in their bones is to be known and to be heard. Um, I felt like through college ministry and just, just life in general, this like listening thing, but like deep listening, not, not the, the, uh, one of the questions, uh, Will Hasley would ask, uh, in our college ministry, uh, was the classic Wesley question. How is it with your soul? And I think that's something that's really formed me, uh, being able to ask that question and mean it mm-hmm. to people. Uh, not just the, how are you doing? Like, how is it with your soul? Like, what, what do you long for? How are you, how, you know, hmm. how is it with your soul? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that question makes sense to y'all. I don't yeah. know if that'll make sense to, to everyone listening. Yeah. I don't know. I think that question, I mean, if we slow down enough to ask it right and people hear it, it's still a, it's still the right question. Hmm. And people, I think people, even people not of faith, hmm realize that there's a different question mm-hmm. than like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's different than that. Yeah. Like how, how's your soul? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good question. What about you, Christian? Anything in a former life that you, you bring to Jesus you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Gathering and repair. I mean, I've always been a natural peacemaker for good or for bad. So that is a skill that I've always had with me. Um, being able to see other people's perspectives. Mm. So sitting with people who are maybe um, very different than one another and feeling like I can somehow maybe be a bridge in that moment, which never makes me fear, especially if I'm inviting people to like a gathering or coming over to my house or hanging out, like inviting people from different groups um, and helping them gather together has never been something that I've ever feared. I always feel like I actually quite enjoy seeing those moments happen. Um, So yeah, that might be a skill. What about you, sir? Mm. What do you have? What? skills do you have from a former life or even this current life i i the, i think and if i was looking at like non-related skills so my uh my father was the chief of the fire department growing up right so i was always playing on fire trucks and always around uh, which meant later on i became a firefighter and became an emt or a first responder and then worked towards being being an emt and all that did was uh I don't know how to name this except that um, I don't shock Mm. easily. Mm. And where I see that relate to my pastoral work is like I can I can sit with people or systems um, and I just don't shock Mm. like so whether I'm at someone's bedside when they're dying or even if someone is acting in a way that's quite shocking. Sometimes that happens in the church. Uh, there's this weird thing that happens and I, and I only relate it to my experience when I was either at an, working an accident or working a fire, um, where really awful things were happening in front of me and I could somehow distance myself enough to actually attend to what was happening. Mm. I feel like that happens a lot in ministry for me. 
Hmm. Um, so I can be gathered with people in all sorts of situations and I can respond in ways that I'm not shocked. And I think that comes from that experience. Um, and I can work in repair without being, um, without being frozen by whatever's happening in front of me. Later, I have to unpack that with my therapist. Always <laughs> <laughs> well, important. And my spiritual director, both. Um, Which you could also find at the well. You if can. you are needing spiritual direction or therapy, friends. They're launching. Yes. The well is launching. And this was right not supposed to be a commercial for the well, but yeah, they're right next to the studio too. They are right next door. If you don't know what the well is, the well is a new ministry in Raleigh. We're getting to house it and partner with it here at Eden Street. It is a uh, center for uh, spiritual direction and therapy. And the Reverend Amanda Rigby is the executive director. She's also our pastor of spiritual formation and discipleship or Christian education. Uh, there's a lot of titles there. <laughs> she helps us learn. And be formed to be like Jesus. Anyway, she's launching the well. If you are looking for a therapist or a spiritual director, I have both. I can't re- recommend them enough. You can find them at their website. Their website is thewellmentalandspiritualcare.org. Thewellmentalandspiritualcare.org. I highly recommend their work and practice to you. They'll help you figure out things like, hey, what has God been doing in my life and how might I use those uh, to answer God's call? That's what spiritual directors do best and their launch event is coming up on the 25th i believe um at seven in In car hall car hall and uh dr warren kinghorn yes who is a professor at duke Duke, uh school of medicine and duke divinity school yes no big deal right practicing psychiatrist a practicing psychiatrist and theologian yeah i took one class from him phenomenal human being so you should come he's great i moved his couch out of his apartment we were in seminary at the same time <laughs> oh, for real. that's awesome. which makes me feel very old and also very underachieved look what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> i work at edenton street what do you do <laughs> i'm i am humbled and honored to work at edenton street and i'm not also a medical doctor and a published theologian so that's um, okay there's still time if that's it, if that's your call, <laughs> I don't think it is. But uh, you should come to hear Dr. Kinghorn and to celebrate the launch of the well on the 25th at seven o'clock. And also maybe check out what spiritual direction can do for you. It'll help you figure out uh, what gifts you've been given, how you can use them for Jesus. The call to follow Christ is continuing to ring out and to follow Christ with what we have, the skills God has given us and how we might use them to work with Jesus to gather and repair Christian preached that this Sunday in the gathering. I'll sure try. Yeah, I'll do my best too. Hope to see you there. Bye.